Welcome to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am your host, Nia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, one meal at a time. The Plan Simple Meals podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier, happier home. Listen in for informative conversations and valuable strategies to make meals healthy, meaningful, and fun. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am really excited for our guest today, Sarah Finns, because she is going to talk about raising healthy eaters, which I know is a topic on a lot of our minds, something I talk about quite frequently. So it's fun to have somebody to have a conversation with on the topic. Um, And summer is such an amazing time to tackle this. I feel like sometimes we think of summer as our time off from everything, including healthy eating with marshmallows and ice cream and all that. And I'm not saying never enjoy those things, but summer is a great opportunity to move what you might call a picky eater forward so that by the time the school year hits, they're eating their school lunches, they're enjoying more fruits and vegetables. The summer is a really good time to learn about all those things. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. But before we dive in, I have two things that I need to share with you guys today. So as I was driving across the country this year, it was really interesting to me how I experienced time. Time was a big deal. Everything really slowed down as we took the year off. And there was many days that were so packed with stuff that I couldn't believe I could fit that much stuff into a day just in terms of homeschooling my kids and showing up and speaking in the evening and, you know, sometimes doing online stuff in between. And then there was other days when it took forever to drive what I thought was going to be a shorter drive. And you just, I had to surrender. I had to surrender to the fact that it just was going to be 12 hours in the car. And what what, what was that going to look like? And when were we going to pull over? And how are we going to take care of ourselves? And interestingly enough, at every event I had, there were a lot of questions about time. So how do you find time to cook from scratch? Does anyone really have time to sit down for family dinner every night? I wish I had more time to cook because I actually like it. I have no idea how our life got so busy. These were four things I heard over and over and over again. So I decided to create something because as I got to think about planning and calendaring, I got really excited and realized that there are so many geniuses, all these people that I'm interviewing on the podcast who talk about food. But a lot of times, it's not that we don't know what we need to know about the food or that we can't listen to our bodies about the food. It's that literally we don't have enough time to make the food, to eat the food, to grocery shop for the food. So I have created something called the Calendar Cleanse. And I'm not sure what the final iteration of this program is going to be, but it's going to start off as a 21-day free challenge that I hope that everyone listening comes and joins because it's going to be super fun. And we're going to do it this July. And it's just going to be one simple prompt every day that's going to help you to Rework your schedule a little bit. Think about your calendar. Fit things in that will help move your healthy eating goals forward. And I can't wait to hear what everyone thinks. 
Um, it's a first, so you're going to get the best of me. And you can go sign up at thecalendarcleanse.com. So that was the first thing I'm super excited about. The second thing I'm super excited about, and I've been thinking with time a lot about habits because habits are something that take time to change. And so one of the habits I'm trying to cultivate is really create a situation where I can show up for as many of you guys, as many busy moms as possible. And so one of the things I've challenged myself to do this month is show up for 30 days of live videos every day, every weekday for 30 days. So every day at 12.30 Eastern Standard Time, 9.30 Pacific Standard Time, and you know, you guys in between know what your time is, I will be on the Plan Simple Meals Facebook page live. I have a topic every day, but of course you can answer questions, you can join in on the conversation, that makes it way more fun for me. The first one I showed up to and I just did it um, and no one was there and that's cool because I know that you guys can go back and watch later. So those are two things that I'm committed to doing this summer and I would love for you guys to show up to. So if that sounds good, go sign up at thecalendarcleanse.com and tune into the Plan Simple Meals Facebook page. All right, you guys, with no further ado, let's meet Sarah. Today on the line, I have Sarah Finns, who is a certified health coach and mom of two. She received her training at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York City and is certified by the American Association of Drugless Practitioners. I love that. Sarah teaches busy moms to feed themselves and their families better through manageable practical steps without spending hours in the kitchen or tons of money at the grocery store. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks, Mia. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Oh, it's exciting. So, and it's funny because we could like switch out our names in our bio almost because I feel like we do similar <laughs> yeah. things. So yeah, um, sure. tell me how old are your two kids? Um, my oldest daughter, whose name is Mia, um, oh. she, just turned, uh, she turned eight actually yesterday, two All right. weeks ago rather. Cool. And my son is um, five. Cool. So you are in the thick of it too. I am. I know. They they say they say this all happens so fast. Some days it yeah. feels like that and some days it doesn't. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I feel like my eight year old just arrived. So, <laughs> so um tell us a let's let's go back a little. So you're now helping people stay healthy, but what has your journey been like? Have you always been super healthy? No. Um I grew up, you know, a a child of the eighties, eating the typical 80s fare, you know, macaroni and cheese. And although my mom tried to keep, you know, the obvious unhealthy things out of the picture, like the sugary cereals and that sort of thing, um, I didn't eat well growing up. We mm -hmm. ate a lot of, we ate out a lot, you know, I, and I didn't really ever learn to cook. Um, fast forward to my first career, which was in corporate America. I, I lived and worked in New York City, worked a ton of hours in a corporate job, and I was stressed out, overweight, unhappy, struggled with anxiety, and just really unhappy. Yeah. Um, and the beginning of my health journey, actually, I, I had always been, you know, a little interested in health, but I didn't really understand how to be healthy or how to eat healthy. I thought, you know, making a lean cuisine for dinner was a great option because it was, you know, portion controlled and, and whatnot. Um, I met a health coach by chance at a business meeting and I loved what she had to say. I went through her program and that kind of changed the course of my life. It really opened my eyes to 
you know, what nutrition really was all about. And then, um, I just continued learning as much as I could. And when I was ready to start a family, it became really important to me because I wanted my children to grow up knowing what it was to eat healthy without even really having to think about it. Yeah. Because I had spent my entire, you know, teenage years and adulthood trying to figure it out, struggling with my weight on and off, struggling with, you know, restrictive eating and that sort of thing. And then, you know, it took me a very long time to figure out how to do it a way that worked for my body. And I really wanted to raise my kids kind of knowing intrinsically how to appreciate healthy food, how to eat well, you know, and how to manage that without the stress of kind of what I had gone through. Yeah. And so, and so did you start, you, so you started learning about all this while you were still in corporate America? Correct. And then I, um, we had the opportunity to move abroad, um, where, you know, we lived for a number of years, which was also really wonderful in like learning different, Mm -hmm. you know, about food differently than I had coming from, you know, American suburbs, so to speak. Um, and I just, um, you know, I learned a lot about it through trial and error. And then eventually, once I had my first child, I decided to go back to nutrition school and to study it and to really make a career of it. Got it. So that happened after, after right, when child my, one. Exactly. When child one was, um, was maybe, you know, one, one and a half. I love I started. that. I love yeah. that. So what is, so it's funny because in, uh, you'll see, I ask the same final question of everybody. I think you've heard. Um, but a lot of times the answer to that question, which is your favorite meal, I'll give it away now, um, is a meal in Europe. Um, that is, it's funny. It's, I would say, I don't know, I haven't measured it specifically, but it sticks out to me as a very common answer to that last mm. question. And it's so, it's so interesting how we really have um, experienced food different here than our European counterparts experience it, experience it on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So you went to nutrition school and you had kids. So let's dive into kids then. So I know a lot of what you love talking about is simple and healthy meals that don't cause a lot of angst. So where, where would right. one in your world, where does one start with all that? Well, I think, I mean, it starts really when, your children are born, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the way that you introduce foods to them. And I know for me, when my daughter, you know, my oldest was starting solids, I really had no idea where to start. I found it very overwhelming. I did a ton of research. Um, and then I felt, you know, very stressed and overwhelmed about it because I was so bent on having her grow up, you know, not the way that I did, that it got to be stressful and overwhelming. And then when my son was born, I realized I just can't do this anymore. I cannot be, you know, the food police. I cannot be making her food from scratch all the time, every time. And so I think a lot of it has to do with the way that you introduce foods initially, but also about balance. Mm -hmm. So not being so crazy about you know, what your child is putting in their mouth, but rather teaching them how to listen to their body signals and how to appreciate the good food and to provide them with variety. Um, so offering consistently healthy options, I think is the best place to start. And if you come from a place where you're not used to eating healthy and you're used to eating a lot of processed food, kind of making trade-ups over time and gradually, um, 
eating better and less processed food and more real foods and kind of introducing that to your family, I think is a great first step. Yeah. And leading by example too, right? Because yes. it's so interesting. A lot of times I'll hear, you know, they're not eating their vegetables. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, are you eating your vegetables mm -hmm. like in front of them? Because <laughs> they it just want to do so, what you do. It is so true. And, you know, one strategy that I've seen really work is, you know, sometimes you might make something for yourself that you won't even necessarily offer to them. I mean, you can yes. offer and they might not eat it, but then they're going to watch you eat it over and over and over. And that's how I got my own children to love salad. Yep. I would eat it. They would watch me eat it. And then eventually they started asking for it. And then now we, we have it, you know, with most meals yep. and they like it. Yep. So absolutely modeling for the kids I think is huge, which is difficult to do if you're, um, you know, not used to yourself cooking or making healthy food or even realizing, you know, what that means for you. And also if you, you need to be in like the long game because it's yes. obviously that takes longer than a week. <laughs> so, yes. so yes. you sort of have to understand that this is, this is forever. Right. And it might take a couple months for that to even catch on. And, but it feels the cool thing is at the end, I think for me, at least it felt it feels so much better than that attitude of now finish your plates and finish your vegetables. Absolutely. Um, which I know a lot of us grew up with. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, I was just um, giving a talk of, about that topic the other day. And that's kind of what I started with by saying like, this is not, there's, I'm not going to give you a quick fix. Yeah. This is a long-term strategy and it's about, you know, modeling and encouraging and you know, what you can do over the long term, but it will pay off. You know, I've been doing this for eight years now, my, cause I said my oldest is eight and she, um, is a great eater, but it wasn't always that way. It took a lot yeah. of time and, and patience to get there. Yeah. And then they go through phases. Like my best, yes. best eater is now 13. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and so at 13, all of a sudden they actually have more control, right? Like right. sometime yesterday it was late and I was making soup for dinner and it came up that we didn't have anything to dip in the soup. And I'm actually myself in the middle of a cleanse. So I was pretty selfishly like not concerned about right, that. <laughs> right. And so he was like, well, can you just give me $10 and I'll walk and get the bread to dip? Um, <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know, here's this. And then we, we have two that need to be gluten free. So I was like, so get both kinds. And so he walked down to Whole Foods, you know, which is a new thing for us because, you know, it's mm -hmm. a quarter of a mile down the road and he was so happy to do it. So then, of course, the receipt comes back and I didn't even notice, but he just put the change in the receipt on the counter. So my husband's looking at it this morning. He's like, huh, two loaves of bread and a pastry. <laughs> you know, and I was like, he had totally like bought himself the pastry while at Whole Foods. And I was like, oh, yes, you know, oh, yes. But it was funny because then this morning he woke up and he was like, could I just have a bowl of fruit for breakfast? And so I feel like it's those, you know, it's those check-ins. Like they, they learn, like they know. Yes. And, and I they, think they kind of have to make those mistakes <laughs> or not mistakes, but, you know, experience those different things in their body. Exactly. And I think that's hugely important because it's not only about telling them what to eat, it's really about letting them experience it themselves so that when they leave the nest, yeah. they know how to, they know how to do it for themselves. They know how, how to eat, like you said, what makes them feel good and what doesn't make them feel good. And, um, you know, I, I, for example, when my kids go to birthday parties, you know, I let them partake. Neither of them have any issues with gluten or dairy, um, thus far, knock wood. And I let them, you know, indulge. And I really try to teach them to stop when they 
know they need to stop and listen to their bodies. And my daughter will say to me things like, you know, mom, I was going to have that, you know, rest of that piece, but I, you know, my body didn't feel well about it. So I stopped. Mm. And I love that because that's what they're going to take with them once yeah. we're longer in control. Like so important. And and there's a phase even in between there where they can't, sometimes they can't even cook because they're in college and just dealing with that whole cafeteria situation and it's interesting like everyone complains about that and it is pretty gross and we do need to upgrade it as a society but if you know what you you can eat well in those situations it's just you have to know what makes you feel well do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I think it's such a gift we're giving them and I don't know if you've heard so my whole story is that when I dove into all this I um the way that I did it instead of going to get certified as a health coach at first was that I just questioned every sort of health guru that I would take my call. Um, and I started a magazine so that they would take my call. But what it was funny, I learned so much about food and different ingredients and stuff I never would have learned. But the thing that stuck out most to me was that a lot of them had kids that had gone off and not eaten the way that they so fully believed in, you know, and these were people who had like written books about, you know, healthy eating. And I was like, there's a big parenting component to this, you know, it's about more than the food. So it's interesting as we dive in, you know, that we can't hold on to it that tightly that it's, it's about all the, it's really about modeling. So I love that. Yeah. Agreed. So the other thing that we have in common that I think we should talk about, because I think it's a good topic, is that that we neither of us grew up knowing how to cook. Mm. And I think that's kind of fascinating because I feel like that's a big deal when we get into healthy eating, that we it's like just the overwhelm about simply not having ideas or not having the tools. Yes. So what were some like what have been some of the ways that you have upgraded and dealt with that? over the years, um, you know, besides going besides becoming a health coach. (laughs) Right. No, a lot of trial and error. I mean, my, you know, growing up, my mom could cook. She just was a single parent and worked a lot and just didn't have very much time to cook. Um, and then my father did cook, but he always cooked, you know, very elaborate, things (laughs) things <laughs> that mm-hmm. just seemed daunting to me and I never learned because I never had the desire so when I started living on my own um, I kind of dabbled in it I guess so I would make things like pita pizzas or you know mm-hmm. grilled cheese like very easy things and then over time it was just it was a lot of trial and error and I would start to you know try new recipes and I guess I had a bit of an interest in it even before I started learning about healthy cooking I just enjoyed the process of cooking. And then so when I started learning about how to cook healthy food and kind of dumped those lean cuisines that I mentioned before and really started cooking, um, I think I just did it by layering, like start learning one thing and then adding something else and then adding something else. And here and there I took some classes, but just really for fun, just to kind Mm -hmm. of once I got into the health coaching world and, you know, there are some great places in the city that give healthy eating classes. And I took a few of those just to kind of improve my skills, but it was really a lot of trial and error. And that's what I tell clients, you know, pick, pick something that seems doable to you and try it. Yeah. You know, and and it's interesting because the whole classes thing, I think is actually really important to note because I, I find this actually both with teaching our kids to eat well and also learning to cook that we expect it kind of to happen overnight. (laughs) Um, And 
it, all these things are skills. Like we don't expect anybody to read in a day or like learn calculus in a day. It's like you go to school your entire life to get to the point where you can take calculus, right? And you do all this stuff for many years before you actually learn how to read. And then it just builds and builds and builds until you're reading more, you know, higher level stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to realize that so this is a skill and sometimes it just gets left behind. Yeah. Um, in our you know, childhood or whatever, we're just not being taught it as often. And so we just have to, I love that. And that it's okay to go take a class and learn the next thing. Cause I personally was a big cookbook collector, mm-hmm. but I literally never opened them because they were overwhelming to me. Cause I didn't know what to, like, I couldn't necessarily follow the directions cause I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. Right. No, exactly. And you know, you, you make a good point that it's, it can be completely overwhelming and we do expect to do it immediately. Yeah. And we don't realize that it's a skill that we need to build on over and over. But that's another thing that I'm, that's really important to me is making sure that my kids know how to cook and go away with that life skill. Because in our society, the way that, you know, takeout's really easy, we can find, we can drive through Panera or whatever it happens to be. Um, you, you don't really need to cook. Right. To learn how to cook. So, and, and what I, do you, at age six five, or five and eight, right? Five and eight. What, yeah, how do you fine. integrate that into your life? Like, what are some of the things you do at that age? I have them help me with, with whatever I can. My son is really, my younger one really loves to be in the kitchen. My mm-hmm. daughter kind of take it or leave it. So I encourage her when she, the mood strikes, but my son, he'll help me with anything, you know, cracking eggs, making smoothies, um, just preparing breakfast, you know, anything that he can do, cutting up fruit. So I'll give him like a little butter knife or something that he can use to cut up some strawberries or something like that. So really anything that I can think that they would be interested in helping me with, I encourage them to do it. Um, And then I also get them involved with meal planning and I get them kind of to buy in and to give me suggestions of what they want to have for dinner and what they want to put in their lunches for school. And I bring them to the store and I bring them to the farmer's market because that I find makes them more invested and want to get into the kitchen more to do more of the hands-on things. Mm-hmm. Um, it also makes them more likely to eat. The and so, and do, how do you frame that a little bit so that they're picking the things? Do you, how do you make it so that they're not just picking the things you don't want them to eat? Oh, well, you know, I <laughs> makes, makes a good point there. No, I explained to them, you know, we'll go to the produce section, for example, in the supermarket and I'll say, you know, we're going to, we need to make something for dinner um, tonight. What kind of vegetables do you want? And I have a rule for school lunches where they need to have one fruit and one vegetable included mm-hmm. in their lunch. So I'll say what, you know, what fruits and what vegetables do you want for your lunches this week? And it's, you know, usually the same kind of thing, peppers, carrots, you yeah. know, nothing, to, nothing too exotic, but they choose it and we rotate and they like to do that. And so sometimes it won't get eaten. Sometimes it'll come home. But I explained to them how the concept of kind of a balanced meal, Mm -hmm. you know, and that you need to have these things if you're going to indulge in some of the treats. Yep. Example. Yeah. To teach them the concept of kind of like a a well-rounded meal. Yep. And as my kids have gotten older, I mean, now smoothies, are fair game. Like I allow, you know, my, that mine are, my older one is 10 and 13. So they can totally like make their own smoothie. Um, and actually this year I taught my 
11-year-olds was always like, Mama, will you please cut me a mango, which is her favorite fruit. And, you know, I hate cutting mangoes because they just take longer than other things. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just want, can't you just have an apple? It's so much I'm easier. With you. So I taught her, like, and now she, now we go through way too many mangoes, but um, she totally can cut herself a mango. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, it's like each step, there's something different. Yes. And I'm really looking forward to the days when I can actually have them responsible for cooking oh, a dinner. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, like, I did that this year. And, go. Oh, my God. Um, okay. So then I was like, maybe I'll only do that on a day of babysitters here. And then I'm like, what, why is this happening? But so the first night they decided to make – my older one was studying uh, Morocco or, or in Europe. So he was, like, looking up all these recipes. So he ended up wanting to make empanadas that were – like, and he was trying to make them so that they would be gluten-free and vegetarian so that everybody in the house could eat them. And I right. was like, I would never make anything that complicated, <laughs> you know? So by the end of it, we they were good. Like, he figured it out. But, like, the kitchen was such a mess. I was like, I am just not sure this is worth it yet. <laughs> I was like, I think we need to frame this differently. Like, right. you get to make dinner and clean up as a unit of children, and you can delegate to different people, but, like, I'm not doing that work. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so we, we're – but I think, like, we're almost there. And I've, I've always been inspired by this woman that I interviewed a long time ago who had kids in high school, um, and she actually owned, a like, a healthy bakery. And okay. so she had always, like, one of her things was always replacing all the processed food with, like, homemade versions of it. And so from a very early age, like, if her kids wanted a cookie, like, at age, early, I'm saying early, but, like, by age 11, I think she said, if they wanted a cookie, they would bake them, like, from totally, like, whole food, low sugar ingredients. Okay. And so it just had a different meaning to them. Like you wouldn't ever go have the whole box because they understood what went into it. And that's like, they would make them like if friends came over, they would make them. And I always like that always stuck out in my head of like, that would be really cool. Like you want a cookie, you want a muffin and you just go bake it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I love that. Yeah. So that's always been in my head. Like I know that they can do this and how empowering that will be that they can when they go, you know, off into the world. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about so let's talk a little bit about both time and money. Okay. So I feel like those are both part of your expertise, and they're also like one of the biggest things that a lot of moms struggle with, right? Like yes. who who has time to do all this? Mm -hmm. um, and it's a lot. It's it's like. You know, I don't think when we are so excited that we've conceived a child that we think, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, 20 years of breakfast, lunch and dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> nobody tells you that. No, that hit me hard, that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, this is a lot. So so first of all, let's start with that part. So like what are some of your strategies that you teach or do yourself that have that that really take into the account that like the time piece of it and how to make that feel manageable? Yes. I think meal planning is key. Yeah. That has to be my, my number one recommendation when people are, are um, trying to eat more real food and to get more home cooked meals on the table is meal planning. And it takes a little bit of time to sit down and do a meal plan, but then during the week, it'll save you a mountain of time. So I don't know about you, you know, we have extracurricular activities going on and don't have very much time on an actual weeknight to put yeah. the dinner together. So if you meal plan and you know what you're making and then take that a step further and do some meal prep 
So after you go to the supermarket, take the vegetables you're planning on using for the week and the fruit and things like that and cut it all up and get it all ready to go, then you have that during the week and you can bring um, you can bring it out quickly and you can assemble it quickly into an easy meal. Yeah. Um, so meal planning and meal prep, I think, are huge. Uh, utilizing a crock pot mm-hmm. or a slow cooker or an Instapot um, are all great ways to get dinner on the table. Yesterday we had like, I don't even know, 20 minutes for dinner in between things. And I threw um, a quick chili in the crock pot in the morning. And then we had that for dinner um, when the kids got home from school and it really we were able to eat something before we went out into the craziness. So um, I think that's important. It's funny. I'm, I'm a big pressure cooker person. hmm. Um, so I haven't done, I'm dying though. I think the Instapot is a pressure cooker and a slow cooker, right? So I just need to borrow someone's and test it. But I like, that's key because it doesn't need to take an hour to make dinner, right? Like the important thing is you want to be sitting down and enjoying dinner. Exactly. Um, Yes. Because it's really, and we didn't talk about it, but I think it's really important to eat with your kids as well to teach them, you know, about healthy eating to physically. Yeah. Sit well, and together. that's the only way you're modeling like the salad, right? Like right. That you're sitting down and they're watching you eat it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think that's uber important. And I like just pushing ourselves to do that even on busy days, because really, even if it's just 20 minutes, it's, it's and with one parent, even I just think it's right. so, so important. Um, eating on the go just doesn't lead to good things. <laughs> you know, of I course it has to happen every once in a while, but I think, I feel like the le- less it can happen, the better. Yeah. I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. Um, and to go back to the slow cooker and the pressure cooker, if you make larger batches mm-hmm. and then you have things to freeze, mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing faster than taking out some food in the morning and literally just heating it up when you get home. Totally. So, Freezer meals are great. Um, batch what, cooking, like what are some of your favorite freezer meals? Meals. Uh, chilies mm-hmm. are are one of. I mentioned it before with the slow slow cooker, but that's one that I find freezes just so really well, well, and it mm-hmm. tastes it tastes pretty much the same or even better mm-hmm. after you've. Taken yeah, I find bean things with beans almost tend to get better over time. Yes. So yep. chilies, soups, um, stews, mm-hmm. foods like that. Yep. Are, yep. are the ones that I typically freeze yep. make, make of time. Yep. And sometimes what I'll do, and it's funny, I feel like this came from the beginning because it was like what I did with baby food. I, I don't know. I could just never figure out the freezer. And I think it was just mostly because mine was always full of things that, you know, that we weren't moving through it. Right. <laughs> um, and I'll put in the show notes actually a link to a great recipe, a great recipe, a great um, podcast that we did that was all about freezing foods. It was very good. So I will put that That's in the good. show notes. But um, a lot of times on that Sunday, I'll make, I'll double, like I'll double batch or make extra of something that could be used in multiple ways throughout the week. And I find that's really helpful too, um, just to be able to warm it up, even if I haven't been organized enough to freeze it. Yes, definitely. I love to do that with a chicken, like yeah. put a whole, whole chicken in the crock pot and then you've got chicken for various things throughout the week. Yeah. And I do this, a similar thing with beans. I always make two kinds of beans every Every Sunday, they seem to come in handy all through the week. (laughs) Yes, for sure. And rice too, making a huge batch of rice and having that in the fridge is a great go-to as well. Yeah. And it's funny, like, have you, did you find that you had to rethink your weekends? I definitely get that a lot. And I, 
it's funny. It's, it's changed my world putting that time aside on Sundays. Um, but I do hear a lot, like, I just want the day off or like that's family time or, you know, we have stuff going on on that day or we're traveling on the weekends. So did you have to rejigger stuff to make that time work? Yes, for sure. I have to definitely build that in. And if it's a weekend where I can't for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. I will do it on a, on a weeknight, you know, and it's the last thing I want to do on a Monday night, you know, after my kids are in bed, but it's, it just saves so much time and effort later on that I always recommend to people just try it (laughs) for a couple of weeks and see how much of a difference it makes. And then, you know, you'll know if you want to do it or not, but, um, it you really do have to kind of build it into your schedule. And I actually have had a really busy last few weeks and all of that has gone by the wayside. And I can tell you that the stress levels are higher. We are not eating as well as we typically do. And the first thing I'm getting back to is the meal planning and the food prep. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot, a lot of times you sound like you've gotten to love cooking. Is that true? Yes. But not when I'm rushed. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, and I have this thing, like, I I don't want to say I don't love cooking because that's not true, but I'm not like, and it's funny because I, I have written a cookbook, but I'm not drawn to like Pinterest pictures of food. And like, I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm doing food for food's sake, which is I, I think the trap a lot of us moms fall into, like mm-hmm. we have to make dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like once it makes you feel really good, it has a whole different purpose. Absolutely. You know, because it's like you're not cooking because you have to be some, you know, perfect mom with an apron on serving your kids dinner you're making it because it's making everyone feel good it's making them not get sick it's making them you know yourself feel well and more energized and so for that reason I think it becomes like a different task to have to schedule that in like it's health I agree and that's you know that's the way I cook you know very simply I am definitely not a Pinterest Pinterest mom (laughs) Um, I cook you know basic things and um, another thing that I think is good for us to realize to the point that you're just making is that you can do like breakfast for dinner that takes you 10 minutes to make. And I still consider that making, you know, a home cooked meal and it doesn't, doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't even have to involve a recipe necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think if we simplify and if we learn to simplify and look at it as, you know, just doing something at home, It'll yeah. take you often less times that it would to wait for a pizza takeout. Yeah, totally. And likewise, like in as the months get warmer, like there's nights where, you know, we'll have a huge salad, you know, that has enough protein that that's filling. You know what I mean? Like I feel right. like it doesn't have to be that complicated. In the winter, it's soups, but there's there's definitely simple ways that don't involve, you know, too much effort. Of course, it yes. takes some time, which is why we're all here you know, trying to figure it all out, but <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And so like is, you, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like you said, fitting in the, the food prep on the weekend or something, you know, yeah. you do, it does need to take a little bit of time, but it doesn't need to take as much time as we might think it will. Yeah. And it's funny as my kids have gotten older, like there was definitely a time when they were little and I was starting to do this that I was like, Oh my God, this is insane. You know, at that age where people are, you know, kids are pulling at your pants still and, you know, needing stuff. But as they get older, it's funny. I find that that time that we just sort of commit to being here 
even if they're like floating in and out of the kitchen has helped everyone because it's like that downtime mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm not putting my feet up, but people will come in and talk to me and like, you know, the kids will come have conversations and sometimes my husband and I will do it together and it's actually quite nice family time. Um, that's, you know, yes. could go by the wayside if we were doing other things um, and out and about in the world. I agree. And it's also modeling that as well. Exactly. You know, so, they, so that when they grow up, that's kind of a normal part of their routine or yeah. what they've seen growing up as opposed to just the constant go, go, go yeah. that, that's happening the other times. And so is planning also the thing that you think helps the most financially, the money, money wise, yes. or do you have other strategies around that piece? Um, there are some other strategies, but again, yes, meal planning, because you can use what you buy and buy what you need yep. instead of, you know, the trap that some of us fall into for sure is when you see something, oh, that looks great. Let me buy that. And it sits in your fridge and then you, you never use it. Yeah. Um, so meal planning and then buying what you need for the meal plan. Uh, when things are on sale, you know, buying them in bulk and freezing them. Yep. Um, what you mentioned, you know, something like making a, a big pot of beans, can go a long way. So mm -hmm. using like dried beans and things like that instead of the more convenience food type items can really mm -hmm. go a long way. Mm -hmm. um, but I would have to say number one is is the meal planning and yeah. utilizing leftovers. Yeah. And I think when you meal plan, you sort of buy the right things and then you can use them. Like for example, last night sending my son to Whole Foods, like I spent 20 extra dollars that I wouldn't have spent had I thought right. through all those details. <laughs> you know, we might've bought bread, but maybe we would have been in a different store, you know? So I definitely think it helps to get it all right on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and, and then plan for the farmer's market or whatnot. If you're, you know, if that day is different than your weekend shopping. Right. I know ours happens on Wednesday, so I'm always like, okay, so what do we need now? And then what can we fill in on Wednesday? We haven't, yeah. it ha hasn't started here yet, but it yeah, will same soon. Yeah, here. We haven't so started excited. yet either. <laughs> I know, me too. And what I like to do is I like to try to do that first. Yeah. Um, because then if, if they have a particular produce item that, you know, they have a lot of that looks really good, then maybe I'll buy that first and then meal plan around it. Yeah. Sometimes I do that. Yeah. Um, depending on what's there. But, you know, you can... You can sort of plan for that when you know what season yep. fruits and vegetables are coming out in your area. But um, but yes. It's coming soon. We're almost there. Although I don't know about there, but I know that you're in New York and I'm up in Massachusetts, but it's, it's 50 degrees here today and it looks like it's going to rain. And I'm just like, it's got to yes. get better soon. <laughs> Same here. It's been very cold. It's been very cold. This morning, I think it was about 42 or something. Yeah. yeah. And actually this is, I'm thinking this is going to go live a little later. So hopefully by the time this goes live, it'll be, it'll be hot and we'll have farmer's markets. Yes. All right. So why don't you tell everyone um, how to get a hold of you? and about your Facebook group and uh, what you've got for them when they go to your website because I know you have a special a special little thing that might help us all. Yes, I do. Um, you can find me at my website, which is www.sarahfins.com. That's S-A-R-A-F, like Frank, I-N-S. Um, and I have on there a free downloadable 10 easy breakfast recipes handout. Um, so you can download that and get some ideas for breakfast because I do feel that breakfast is one of the, I guess, one of the areas where I hear a lot of people struggle, you know, mm. really busy in the morning and they're not really sure what to serve. And so I've compiled together some easy breakfast recipes for moms and kids. You can Great. get that over at my website. 
My um, audience is so sick of me saying that it's just a green smoothie that they're going to be love those 10 recipes. <laughs> there are some smoothies on there too, because that is definitely a great way to start the day, but, um, but there are other recipes as well. So, um, and then I do have a Facebook group called healthy meal ideas for kids where we talk a lot about, you know, some of the things we covered today, meal planning, meal prep, I share some of the meals that I make and recipes and lunches that I send my kids to school with and things like that. So if you're interested in that topic, you can hop on over there um, on Facebook as well. Cool. Thank you. And I'll have all that linked up in the show notes as well. So um, now for the final question that I ask everybody. So will you tell us about a meal that had a big impact on you and it could have been because of what you ate or the company you were with or some aha you had while sharing that meal? Yes. Um, and while I had many amazing meals in Europe, <laughs> I could go on about that forever. The one that really comes to mind um, is Thanksgiving. Mm. And the reason is it's not necessarily because of what we were eating, but it was more about the one time that I can always remember in my childhood of us all, you know, sitting together, having a meal. I mentioned, you know, that there wasn't a ton of cooking going on on a regular basis, but you know, that day there was always cooking going on all day and the house smelled amazing. And it was just a really great, um, memory for me growing up of that meal. And I try to replicate that, um, experience for my kids because it had a big impact on me and uh, continues to do so. And it's just one of my favorite, favorite meals and favorite memories. I love that. I love, um, yeah. That's, it's always nice when everyone gets together. Wasn't that a great episode? I love that conversation because I kept feeling like, oh my God, that's what I think. That's what I think. Um, so I love, I love when conversations go, go like that. So at the end of every episode, as you know, I go through three doable changes that get shared by our guests. So I want to share the three things that came out of Sarah's episode that I think you could really take forward with you um, in figuring out how to raise healthy eaters. And the thing about doable changes, and I talk about them a lot, is that getting healthy can be a really big lifestyle change, or at least it can feel like a big lifestyle change. I like to say that making this change is simple, but it doesn't always feel easy. So no matter how insurmountable it may feel, focusing on one doable change at a time can really help you take those small steps that you need to take toward your big goal. And there's a lot to be said about movement forward, which is why I love this strategy. So a healthy lifestyle is really made up of all these little things that over time make up, add up, sorry. So if you can trust in that process and just focus on one thing at a time, over the course of a couple months, you'll see that you've added in a lot more than when your to-do list is really long every day and you're focusing on too many changes at once. So the practice that I like to do is every Sunday night, I choose one thing in the health arena that I'm going to focus on for the week, whether it be drinking more water, whether it be getting my child to like mushrooms, whatever it is. Um, I'm joking about that one a little because my kids don't like mushrooms. Um, whatever it is, I choose it for the week and I play with it and I figure out how to have fun with it. And, and we just go from there. And when it's just one thing and 
you're really trying to figure it out like a game. It just makes the whole process so much more fun. And what ends up happening, I promise, is that over time they add up and they 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 go together. So it's not like you're only getting one thing at a time because you'll very quickly have lots of habits under your belt. But if you can really make them doable until you fit it in, get it in your day, it makes it so much better. So let's talk about three things that came up in Sarah's interview. So the first one is offer a consistent, healthy option. So whether you're just starting to feed your kids or you're working with picky eaters or you're trying to make a shift from eating a lot of processed foods, offering something healthy consistently helps because you could do things like serve carrot sticks with every meal along with whatever veggies you have. So you're consistently offering something that you know your child will probably eat or like that's healthy with every meal so that you're not feeling like they're they're not feeling and you're not feeling like they're starving if they're not able to taste everything or try everything. We do try to try everything in our house, but I don't think it's worth a fight. So Number one, offer a consistent, healthy option. And you can schedule this in. You know, write down, Monday, we're going to have carrot sticks. Tuesday, I'm going to have sliced cucumber. Whatever those things are that your child really likes, those fruits and vegetables that your child likes, just have those on the table with your meal. So doable change number two is try cooking one new thing. Whatever your confidence level is in the kitchen, Pick something that seems doable and just try it. You know, even the season's cooks mess up every once in a while. So just try cooking something new and see what happens. If you can make a salad, try making your own dressing. If you have cooked chicken, try making chicken soup. Trial and error isn't a bad way to learn to cook. You can take classes to get new ideas and techniques, but there's a lot you can learn by just getting in the kitchen and attempting to put a simple meal on the table. So again, all this means is in one week, try to cook one or two new things. Get them on your calendar. Get the recipes. If you're really worried, then don't try to cook that thing an hour before you know you need to feed your family. Maybe do it on the weekend with a little leeway time in case you mess up. Um, or do it the night before, knowing that you'll eat it the next day, whatever it is. But most likely, you can't mess it up that bad. Um, and it's just a really good way to build your cooking skills and to get out of your comfort zone. One of the things we talk a lot about at Pl over at Plan Simple Meals is creating a rhythm around meals. So one of the things that I do is one day I realized that there were so many cookbooks in my house, especially since I got into this business a little bit and started getting cookbooks from people to review and all that kind of stuff. And they were just adding up. And I was not using them because one of my things is to keep it really simple. So, you know, I really do pull from my repertoire quite regularly, but I was wanting to sort of push it and I was seeing that my kids want a little more variety. So what I started doing was just picking a day that I cook from cookbooks. And I can tell you I've gone through more recipes by doing that than I ever did, you know, on the days when I could choose any day that I wanted to cook from a cookbook. So I think this is a great strategy to try. Just cooking one new thing, you know, every Tuesday or um, every weekend or whatever it happens works best for you. 
And then the third doable change that Sarah shares with us is make a meal plan. You guys know I love this one. So creating a meal plan means that you come to each meal knowing what you need to do and knowing what you need, like in your refrigerator in order to make it. So you're not going to get derailed by poor planning. And a meal plan doesn't have to be complicated, you guys. It can include cooking a big batch of rice and a big batch of beans early in the week and using them in different ways throughout the week. You know, like maybe one is a burrito. Um, maybe one time it gets they get put into a salad. It can be it can be what it needs to be. It can mean that one day you can try having breakfast for dinner. It can you can think simple but plan. And so back to that cooking new things and the recipe thing I just shared. A lot of times when we think of meal planning, we think of opening a cookbook and finding 21 new things to make for the week. That's not sustainable. That's not what you're going to that's not what's going to work for you. So when you make a meal plan, make it as simple as possible. Pull from the things you already know and love for the most part and then fill in around the sides. All right, so the three doable changes that Sarah offered us again are offer a consistent healthy option, try cooking one new thing, and make a plan. And remember, don't do all these things at once. Take on one at a time so that you can actually accomplish them and then move on to your next doable change. And if you want a list of all 101 doable changes changes that I came up before I started asking this question of my guests or creating this content from my interviews, then go to plansimplemeals.com slash 101 and download your list of 101 doable changes for your healthy and happy life. I will see you guys on the next episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliments you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit HealthyMomsMeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at healthymomsmeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.